Blog Talk Radio. Let's do this the right way, shall we? I mean, let's get this party started. Gentlemen, let's draw our minds. Hot 9-7? Nah, man, it's Brian Rails live in Brooklyn. We all seem to be down right now as Yankees but I know it can cheer us all up, okay? She's pretty but deadly, so don't mistake her kindness for weakness. Please welcome to my show. Boy, it's been a long time since I had a guest. Let me see if I can brush off my skills here. Please welcome to my show the lovely and up-and-comer and soon-to-be champion, I guarantee you, Valentina Loca. Hey guys, what's going on? Happy to be on. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here because I was bumbling on like a rambling fool earlier because <laughs> I was like, so what has changed, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? I'm getting too sidetracked. I'm just going to wait till the real star of the show is on. So um, I must tell, I got to ask you right out the gate. So I watched some of your matches and I, and I love the confidence in this. The handshake, girl. What's up with the handshake? You know these people aren't your friends. <laughs> I love it. I what are love you it. So. About, man? Is that is I, that judgment that I hear? Or, or, or are we no, judging? no, we're not. I'm not judging at all. I'm just like, ooh, if I was you, I'd play that up. You know, I love the fact though that you, because I saw the match with Mercedes Martinez. I saw the match with Savannah Stone. I saw the other matches that I browsed through, and I'm like. Gurley could be deadly if she used that to her uh, advantage, but it's like she's a true sportswoman. Okay, I give her props. I was like, she, she, and she know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I love it though because some people are like, oh, I'm not sure, so I'll just do this. I'm not sure, but every beginning to the match, I'm like, that's, I respect that. They like, uh, my friends exactly. are like, well, why is she? My friends are like, well, why does she put her hand out there? I'm like, please, just let the girl do her magic, okay? All right. She knows what she's doing. Y'all don't know, man. Y'all don't know. And, like, it's just a respect thing, man. Like, I consider it, like, an honor and a privilege to do what I do because wrestling isn't for everybody. And I'll be like, you know, like, of course, it's inclusive. And I think that the strides we're making and in including, you know, people of all shapes, colors, ethnicities, sexualities, I think that's dope. But I also know that, like, for myself personally, I'm always privileged every time I step into the ring. And I'm so happy to be there. And so every time, you know, I just like to show a little respect, especially with people like Mercedes Martinez, who are such veterans of the game. Like, that's the least that I can do. So it's more just, like, let me respect the space that I'm in here with you and just be glad and grateful that 
I get to do what I do. Like that's just you know the the whole the whole gimmick of it, really. Because my roommate was sitting there like, why why is she putting her hand out there? I'm like, bro, it's something that non like I'm not trying to be snooty here, but it's something that non wrestling folk don't understand. It's like it's a it's a sign of respect because she's saying, all right, you know, let's do this, let's get this out of the way. I'm going to, he's like, I'll show you my sign of respect, but I'm still going to, you know, do my best to beat you one, two, three, or uh, tap you out. So I told him, I said, just watch, dog. You're going to see her. I was like, I've seen her. Let's see, see, Shimmer, Rise. I said, man, she's worked for a lot of companies. You know what? I told told my roommate, I said, her merchandise, like, her merch table is on point. Like, she knows what's, because we sat next to each other in Otumna, and I told you. I said, your merchandise is on point, girl. You need to come up here to New York, yo, and, like, uh, show some love to the East Coast because a name like Valentina Loca, that would actually catch on, like, wildfire. And when they see your merch, they're like, this girl knows what she's doing. So I just want to point yeah. out, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I do appreciate that, and I appreciate the love. And, like, I'm always down to, to travel everywhere and anywhere. Like, any place that will have me. I'm more than happy to make those towns. I was just in New York actually recently for a show. Uh, I was in Plattsburgh, and that was a good time. Like, we had a really great turnout, had a great time. And, excuse me, that was the first time I had ever wrestled in New York. So, you know, we're making our way up there slowly but surely. Girl, the name Valentina Loca ought to be on the marquee someday at Madison Square Garden, which brings me to my next question. If you had to pick a dream arena, to wrestle in like a big match like a big you know all-time match and like which arena would it be and you can handpick your opponent it can be anybody like who would you want to wrestle against and what arena would you want to wrestle in oh that'd be that's a real good question i've never actually been asked that before i think of course everyone wants to like wrestle and, and do stuff in madison to our garden but honestly i think i'm also a little bit more simple than that i think if I could just wrestle in, like, a sold-out crowd in front of my friends and family uh, at the venue we call The Pit, it's, like, the the biggest venue in Albuquerque. That's, like, the place where all the stuff goes down. So, like, I'm a New Mexico girl. Like, I feel like I make that very apparent. <laughs> and, you know, coming out with the New Mexico flag, being billed from Albuquerque, uh, I really, like, wear that on my sleeve, and I keep it close to the chest. So, like, if I can just... Maybe perform one day in, I don't think it's called the pit anymore, unfortunately. I think it's called, like, Wise Pies Arena, that venue in Albuquerque. I think that's my, my ideal place. But as for the person, man, I don't know. I feel like I am just a huge fan of wrestling, just the art, the sport as a whole. So I would have to say if I had to wrestle somebody, it would have to be somebody that I have, like, history against, for sure. And there have been girls all up and down the Midwest that I've had some really good matches with. So, like, any of them, I feel like, would be would be pretty dope, especially if there's a good story behind it. Like, that, that's what's that. I'm glad you said that. I'm going to switch gears here for a minute and ask you a personal question. So, do you think it's disrespectful to walk out before a main event match? Like, like, what do you mean exactly? I think I need you to elaborate a little bit. Okay, so I've asked a few of my fellow, you know, wrestling folk, non-wrestling folk about this. I know it's like beating a dead horse, and I know a lot of people drag this issue into the mud. But when Sasha and Naomi decided to walk out before their main event match, 
Um, I think to me, because I'm a traditionalist, I would have wrestled my match and then said, okay, you know what? This isn't working elsewhere with my money. But I find it, to, and this is just my personal opinion, if you walk out because you feel that somebody's a disrespect to the business, whatever, cool, you can stand up for your own convictions. But I find it to be a huge disrespect to walk out before you even wrestle. Well, you know that it's a full house, and you're going to sit there and pout like a child because she – and this is – again, I'm not trying to bury this into the ground, but she stomped her feet like three or four times and then personally walked out because she didn't like the way directions were going. Cool. First time she said it was a burnout. The second time she stomped her feet, walked out. Third time she even promoted the uh, competing company on Twitter. Fourth time it was because Ronda Rousey's not a draw. You know I'm more of a draw than her. That just sounds petty, and then to drag somebody else into the fray, I find it disrespectful to wrestling. If you are, she don't, you don't have to, but to me, if you are a professional in the in the sport of professional wrestling, I'm gonna ask you: Do you think that's a disrespect to walk out before a main event match? Well, my guy, I'm just going to shoot with you because I feel like I'm a pretty straight shooter when it comes to these things. Uh, all the stuff that you noted, personally, it's none of my business, and I'm just going to say that flat out. Like, all the stuff you noted, none of my business. Like, they can do what they like. They're making so much money, more money than me. They're, you know, doing things. They got bigger fish to fry than, like, what I think. <laughs> so, like, honestly, I don't I don't have an opinion, to be honest. Like, they can do what they do. Personally, speaking for myself personally, like, if you're asking if I would have done the same thing, um, I probably, like, would have, uh, uh, like, done, done what I did and, like, you know, finished out the evening. But, again, that's irrelevant. Like, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're making their money. They're doing their meet and greets. I think that's awesome. They're still getting their bag. Like, I'm all for – you know, women standing up for themselves and, you know, mm-hmm. just showing people what they're worth and, like, speculating, like, oh, this is petty, this is disrespectful. Like, that's their business, my guy. Like, I ain't got no right to to have an opinion on people and how they feel and any disrespect they might feel. Because, you know, if they do feel those feelings, that's valid. And But it's not my place to say, oh, they should have done this or they should have done that. Uh, and that, that that's pretty much it. That's my – I don't have an opinion on, on that situation or any of that speculation because again it's not my place to say it's none of my business I just stay in my lane I do what I do I show up I you know make the the towns that I make and like that's my lane that's my that's my where I'm at basically so like that's kind of my overall answer to everything really in general like I'm gonna mind my business I'm gonna let them do them good for them I'm all for you know again people making their money doing what they do and, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I feel about that as a whole. Okay, so I, I like that because, uh, well, it's like I said, my friends are, well, you're not going to change your stance. It's like I know her personally. That's kind of why I can say something because they're like, well, wait a minute. I said yes. Once upon a time, yours truly met her as a sip of coffee. I'm like, I'm not going to mention because that's also petty of me to be like, well, she did this and she did that. No, that's unprofessional. So, we're not going to spend too much time on the subjects, but I got to, so, what I like to do, and it's like a little question, like, so, if you could pick a dream opponent, I'm like, 
that's kind of a tough question for a wrestler because they get asked all the time, would you team with so-and-so and and do you think you could do great? You know, because now women have more than they did before. Because if you ever hear Alundra Blaze talk about, we were da-da-da-da-da-da and, you know, and more. We were the and more. I got to ask you this next question. And this kind of like uh, she like, a lot of women, like, they're for now the tag team championships. They're, you know, doing intergender stuff. Because before, women were just, like, kind of like an afterthought. Do you think women's wrestling could be more, like, impactful if it weren't for people like Fabulous? Let me rephrase the question. Do you think women's wrestling would be any anywhere without Fabulous Mula? Did you think like her influence has a huge impact on professional wrestling as a whole for women's wrestling? Man, you're just asking all the dirty questions, right? You're just getting trying to get me to spill the tea about everybody, my guy. I see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, that's also like a touchy subject. That's that's really hard to, I guess, speak about without like knowing fully of like the experiences. And the things that, you know, people had talked about that she did that weren't really that great in terms of just being a human being. Like, not even talking about wrestling, just talking about being a human being. And, like, I'm sure uh, it would be easy just to, like, go off of the, the dark side of the ring episode and things like that. And it's it's no doubt. It's kind of like any other controversy, I think, in wrestling where it's like, yes, this was a terrible person. And this person should not be regarded in, in wrestling by any means. So I think that's just... I guess the, if I can put it bluntly, it's just that's that's basically the objective fact of like this person did awful things, and I think we can also not have her in the conversation while still lifting up other women in wrestling that have made such great strides to like what women's wrestling is today. Like she doesn't need to be the end all be all to be like, oh well, what about this? Like no, we can just leave her out of the conversation recognize that she did what she did, she made the choices she did, while still lifting up other people. You know, I feel like we oftentimes like to focus so much on the negative. And, like, while it's important to keep people accountable and recognize that, you know, not a great person, but even without her, even, you know, taking her out of the equation completely, women's wrestling is such in such a great place today, and I'm just I'm happy to be a part of it. So I think you can really see each other without having to focus so much on like the controversies of things, if that makes sense. Not to not to minimize them of course, but does that make sense? It does make sense. I before they're like, Well, do you just basing this off of Dark Side of the Ring? I said, No. I actually am like not to the extent of Jim Cornette as a historian of professional wrestling. Like, no, I I like reading about stuff and doing my research before I dig into the subject. And I've, um, I actually have a friend who's a part of another podcast that actually had Princess Victoria on their show. And mm-hmm. she, whenever she brings up, uh, Moolah, she's like, I don't want to talk about it. So, um, I haven't had Victoria on my show. I think she's a really funny person. I've I've heard about, you know, some of the stories, but like you said, it's not really our place to say, well, you know, she's the placeholder for women's wrestling, which is so untrue because look at it now. It's a freaking machine. It's beautiful. I I 
I'm one of those guys, like, okay, did you watch women's wrestling back in the days? Like, it was kind of a Jerry Springer joke back in the mid-90s, so no, I found some of it to be kind of like uh, comedy matches, you know, and then it it transformed, you know, with certain people like Lita, China, Trish Stratus, all the, you know, beautiful women that paved the way for other women wrestlers. I just want to point out, you know, a lot of... There are a lot of things that go on that are negative, and I don't, I don't like the the people that like. Okay, let me ask this question: What do you find more antagonist, more annoying when you sit there at your merch table and you hear fans like you kind of do not pay attention or whatever you're doing your own thing? But what's the one thing that irks you as a professional wrestler to hear as you walk by and you're just like, okay, I gotta walk by or else I'm gonna just be like, you know, woo saw. I just heard, I heard. Like what? What irks you the most that fans will say around you? Man, my guy, I think honestly, I'm like the most chill, level-headed person. I like to think I'm very like understanding of people, and or at least I try to be <laughs> of like what they're saying, where they're coming from, and at the end of the day, like fans can have all the opinions that they want because, like you know, they can they can say what they want, they can do as they please. Nothing really necessarily bothers me to an extent to where I'm like, oh, that was so annoying. Let me talk about this with somebody. Like, cool. <laughs> you think that? That's awesome. Like, I'm going to do my thing. I know what's true to me. I know, like, like just negative comments in general on the Internet. Like, people can just at you on Twitter and be like, hey, you're a terrible wrestler. And I'm like, cool. You can think that. <laughs> But I have, you know, like, I have evidence from, like, my peers. I have, you know, things that I know to myself to be true where I can easily just, like, brush it off and be like, cool, man, glad you think that. Thanks for the at, like, come to a show. And I think that's just my overall general philosophy for life. Like, life's too short to just be harping on things that, like, people say or people do. And, again, yeah, we're just going back, I guess, to the to the same answer that I've had here for the last few minutes or so is, like, I just stay in my lane. I think that having a, an opinion about something necessarily can mean that, you know, you, you're passionate enough to think some certain way about it. I think when it comes to people being indifferent or not having an opinion about things at all, that's where it's like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, if, <laughs> yeah. if you have an opinion, it's cool, like, I I've been told everything under the sun and I'm still here, still doing my thing. So like not really a whole lot bothers me, but when, you know, people start talking about machine gun Kelly, that's where we get, that's where we have beef. I'm, I'm kidding. By the way. Uh, <laughs> so we know Valentina's favorite artist. Right? Okay, cool. Um, so that's, um, I, speaking of fans, I'm going to just enter the spectrum of, What's the funniest thing a fan has ever asked you on, you know, on the internet? Because, you know, you get a lot of weird questions like, can I blah, 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 send you my boxer briefs? Or can I send you a picture of this, that, the other? And you're like, okay, well. And have you ever just buried your face in the pillow and laughed so hard? you like, I think I needed that for my, like, entertainment for the day. Have you ever had that type of, like, moment where you're just like, okay, then? Yeah, man. You just call that my Tuesday. Like, that's just the life of a, a female professional wrestler, I think, as in total. My, my DMs are always really, you know, interesting on any given day. But, again, like, I just laugh it off. Like, it's all – it's not anything that I take too seriously, but, uh, you know, like I think the things that I really 
I think get the most enjoyment out of is uh, when fans just, like, tweet me random questions. I think that's the best. Just, like, no context, out of nowhere. Uh, I think that's really funny. There's a, a fan, gosh, I feel so bad I can't remember his name. I know what his icon looks like on Twitter, and he'll just, like, at me the most random questions at random times of the day. Like, there was a one where he was like, what do you think about, like, orange fago and i'm like it's cool man like i i don't mind fago i think it's all right he tweeted me like a like a a a movie poster one day i can't remember what movie it was but he was like what do you think about this movie and i'm like it's cool i mean the poster's cool i've never seen it but you know thanks for taking time out of your day to ask me about it like i think that's great i just i i live for like engagement like that like please tweet me all your random questions as long as you're not weird don't be weird but like just random, like, harmless questions like that just make my day. Because it's like, you know, what do I think about Korean barbecue? You're right. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me talk about that real quick. So, like, it's just a great time. I, I live for having a great time. I'm glad we – I love getting through half the wrestling. Okay, we're not even to half hour of the show. But you know what? I I mentioned this to guess. I'm like, by the way, this isn't just about pro wrestling. So – we this show's called Beyond the Tracks and I gotta since we since you mentioned Machine Gun Kelly girl, now we're gonna get into the other side of Valentina, y'all. Okay, so we asked her pro wrestling questions, we asked her the questions, she stayed in her lane, y'all. So now we're gonna ask her some questions about well, my favorite well, one of my favorite spectrums, music. So what music gets you like pumped up, like ready to go about your day? What what normally do you play on your playlist? Well, like, aside from Machine Gun Kelly, I feel like I'm making that a bit now. Like, I try to just, like, insert him on every podcast that I do. I'm, like, just a little <laughs> bit. But <laughs> aside from that, uh, I'm actually just, like, a real big hip-hop head at heart. Like, I've loved hip-hop ever since I pretty much got into wrestling, too. I would say I, I got into hip-hop around the same time that I got into wrestling. And so when I grew up, uh, not really in, like, the best of households, like a low-income community type of vibe along with wrestling to kind of get away from the world. So, like, I I really grew up on, like, old school Tupac. Like, he was my guy. Uh, you know, just trying to, to find where I fit in in the world. So, like, hip-hop is always my go-to. Like, I'm all about it. I have yet – I know this is real bad of me. I have yet to listen to Kendrick's new album yet. I have it downloaded, but I'm the kind of person that needs to, like, listen to an album top to bottom all the way through with no breaks, and I feel like I just have not had the time. So, like, it's coming. But, yeah, hip-hop has my heart, like, forever and always. I uh, also randomly <laughs> at a convention in Chicago, I want to say five years ago, I, I met DMC from Run DMC, and, like, that was also a big part of my childhood. Like, I found, like, Run DMC, Grandmaster Flash, all, like, Dr. Dre, all, like, those guys, and I was just, like, totally starstruck when I met DMC. And I also love him because – when I bought a poster from him and I had him sign it, uh, my government name is like really hard to spell. So I asked, I told him what my name was and he spelled it right the first time. He didn't even have to ask me how to spell it. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew this is why we vibe. So that was a really long winded answer, but short, short form. I love hip hop. Always will. We get along on that aspect because they're like, well, where are you from? I'm like, I'm the birthplace of hip-hop. And if somebody else just, you know, just use that, like, yo, I'm from New York. So <laughs> let me – so Run TNC. Ron's very uh, – I put this 
very relatable, like, you know, like salt and pepper. And they're like, well, if you know salt and pepper, I'm like, oh, yeah, so I'm very familiar with the original group. Spinderella, <laughs> anyone? They're like, oh, so you do Youngblood knows what he's talking about. I'm like, look, yo, I got to go to work. And they're like, but no, come on, let's talk hip-hop. I'm like, okay, Poor Righteous Teachers. Um, let's see who else. The Sugar Hill Gang. They're like, what else do you like? I was yeah. Like, um, I was like, my genre is going to confuse the fuck out of all y'all. And they're like, let me guess. R&B would <laughs> say, oh, you guessed it. As a gay motherfucker up in here, I love me some R&B. Sisters with Voices, X-Kick, Brownstone. They're like, but who else do you like? I'm like, you all going to hate me for this answer. But I was a kid in one of her camps. And when you said something about uh, living in lower income houses, I thanked my mom and Mariah's mom must have been synced because she kept moving us to different homes and different houses because me and my sister were mixed. And she thought if she integrated us with other half Filipinos and have white kids, they, the relationships that like we make friendships or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I was growing up moving from neighborhood to neighborhood in Brooklyn and I'm going to tie this in in a long-winded answer. Uh, Mariah Carey, I ended up going to Fishkill, uh, New York, and I had never, and this is going to sound funny, I had never been to the country my whole life. And when I saw, like, this tire swing and all these computers and all this, the lake house, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. If this can't Mariah, why isn't you know, my sister like, shh, be quiet. It's like, then where's Mariah? I don't see Mariah. <laughs> And she pulls up behind me. She goes, I'm so glad that you talk so much. <laughs> and I was so shy. I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was awestruck. I was like, it really is her. Oh, my God. And um, I think it's funny because I told my roommate when I first met him, I said, you're going to be confused about the genres that I listen to. He's like, well, let me guess, uh, R&B. I said, no, no, no. I listen to 38 different genres. And they're like, did you look? I said, yes, I looked on my phone. I counted 38 different music genres. And what is that a tone for? I don't know, man. The mood that I depend upon, like if I'm in the mood for metal, I'll listen to metal. If I'm in the mood for rap, I'll listen to rap. If I'm in the mood for guys like John B, which most people have – I'm surprised, girl, that some people have never heard of him. I'm like, are you serious? He's on some tracks yeah, that you the core. And I'm like, he's on some tracks with Tupac Shakur, so, like, how the hell can you not? Well, I'm going to mention this. Since we're on the subject of hip-hop, so I tell people these musical theories of mine, you know, like, Mm -hmm. if Selena was still around, do you think Mariah would have been as big? I think, mm, I think yes, because they're both good singers, but maybe not as big as Selena doesn't go. Also, my other theory is if, Lisa left that Lopez was around. Do you think Cardi B and Nicki Minaj would be around? I said, oh, that's a tough one. I think Lisa would have still made records with TLC, probably retired in 2009, and then just gone back to the scene, and then they'd still be around. They said, what do you mean they'd still be around? You can't. You, you cannot physically say and mentally say this musician and that musician would have never come up because that's just like saying, oh, well, uh, Kelly, or not Kelly, yeah, Kelly Clarkson would have never been on American Idol if she not found that show. Gurley has a voice. So you really telling me that <laughs> you really telling me that these musicians would not be in 
in position to be, you know, big and famous. Like, <laughs> just like, oh, Biggie and Pac went to die, then these rappers be saying, may I take your order, please. I think that might be a little bit, you know, in the truth. But then, okay, Eminem still come up, and he's not saying, may I take your order, please. Um, Nas, God, man. They're like, if Aaliyah didn't go, Beyonce wouldn't be a thing. I don't know about that because Aaliyah wanted to do more acting than she did singing. But I got to ask you, like, what's your – if you had to choose, like, overall, like, the artist that makes you, like, get up and say, if I didn't hear this person every day – like, no matter what time of day it is, if you was not feeling it and you're having a bad day or something, if you didn't hear a certain artist, like, what's the artist's name and why? Like, why would you feel that kind of, that kind of way if you was like, man, I feel a connection? What artist Ooh, does that? Oh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm really glad that you actually asked that because that's, like, the perfect reason, I guess, why I, I go so hard for Machine Gun Kelly because I know. He's definitely not everybody's cup of tea. He's definitely not the Internet's favorite person. But, like, that's, like, the perfect way to describe it. Um, I actually haven't been a Machine Gun Kelly fan for so long. That really speaks volumes to, like, the connection that I have to, like, his music and him as a person. Uh, I had first really listened to his stuff uh, during the pandemic when we were all stuck in our house, like, when it really hit in 2020. Um, And then even, like, before – Everything kind of got shut down, I want to say, like, in March or so of that year. Um, in January of 2020, um, I had actually gotten, like, a really nasty concussion uh, wrestling. And so I had to get, like, MRIs, and I had to, like, stop wrestling for a hot minute. And at that time, I had just really been running myself into the ground because I had really, at that time, been wrestling, like, nonstop since the later half of 2017. Like, I just was going everywhere, like, making all the towns that I could, you know, doing stuff for, for $20 here, $20 there, you know, just trying to, to get where I needed to be because in my wrestling training, um, I was very much instilled with, like, you have to work harder than everybody. You have to go to all these towns and make all these places. And so by the time 2020 came around, I had gotten that concussion. It was a pretty gnarly one. Uh, I really was just not sure if I wanted to do wrestling anymore. I felt really down on myself. I wasn't really even sure if, like, this was what I wanted to do at the end of the day. I really wanted to give up in a sense. And so when I had a lot of time on my hands being stuck in my house, um, because I actually got stuck in New Mexico, too, when COVID really hit, because they shut down the airports, the borders, that whole mess. So I had a lot of time to, like, reconnect with myself, like, at home, home, like, at my mom's house, chilling, hanging out, and uh, a friend of mine, had showed me this song from Machine Gun Kelly, and I didn't know it was him. That was when he was starting to do, like, the more pop-punk stuff, which is ironic considering how much I love hip-hop and how much he was known for hip-hop up to that point. Uh, So I was listening to it, and I was like, this is actually really good. Like, of course I knew of him, like, the Eminem stuff, obviously, but also uh, him doing, like, the theme song for WrestleMania. So, like, I had a brief awareness of who he was, but I didn't really take the time to listen to all of his stuff. So... Yeah, all that time indoors, just me and his entire discography, like, I listened to everything, just consumed everything, not just his albums, but, like, his mixtapes, his underground stuff, all of his blogs on YouTube, all of his interviews, like, I 
could not get enough. I was like, I need to know more about this human. I need to listen to all of his music because it really lifted me up during that time where I, I didn't think that I could do it or I didn't think that wrestling was for me. And that sounds kind of like hokey and kind of cheesy, but like his music really like touched something in me and like very much like don't give up on your dream. Keep at it. Cause I mean, he's the, the living definition of it. If you're really being real about it, like he was in Cleveland 10 plus years ago, you know, giving his mixtapes to strangers in parking lots, telling people to like come to his shows, 50 people maybe at most would show up. And now like just this week, this man sold out the entire Brown Stadium in Cleveland. Like not a seat was empty in the Brown Stadium. And that's like 50,000 people. So like if that's not inspirational, I don't know what is. And I think that's something that I really value and something that I'm happy that he brought into my life. So that's why I ride for him so hard. Like, people can have their opinions. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you can think what you want about anything. But, like, this is how I feel. And that's why I am happy and I feel like I am better for having discovered, like, Machine Gun Kelly and his music. Long-winded answer over. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay because I know a lot of people are like, well, he dissed Eminem's daughter. Like, yo, do you know how many people that Eminem – has had battles with, including my favorite star. And I'm like, well, a lot of people, she's a diva. I'm like, oh, she went out of her way during a blackout to, and I was there for that. She went out of her way, Mariah did, to go to a grocery store to get browsers, to get hot dog buns, hamburger buns. And people on the street were like, oh, my God, that's Mariah Carey. Um, anyways, uh, you said inspiration during the pandemic, you know, I, a lot of people are like, don't bring up that time. I was like, oh, I will, because uh, I notice I suffer from severe depression, anxiety, Asperger's, ADHD. I'm just a bag of tricks, man, <laughs> bag of fun. But, you know, um, <laughs> he, here's the thing. When I notice online people are like, oh, I'm so depressed, I stay in my house, I'm like – now you guys join the club. It's like, I'm not trying to sound petty here, but, you know, I started picking up drawing and I started picking up wanting to learn different piano pieces because um, I went to a magnet school for music because it's how much of a nerd I was. And my, my mom's like, it's a 47-minute train ride. I want you all to be safe and learn some music, you know, and that's what she'd always say. And I think that it's great to have inspiration from people that actually make a difference in your life. And if it wasn't for, wow, okay, there's a laundry list of people, uh, Missy Elliott, Mariah, Lisa Left Eye Lopez. They're like, what about Lisa? She just burned the house down. No, y'all. She was an artist. She was a poet. She, her solo album would have hit right back in the time when it was supposed to it probably would have sold. It just came out at the wrong time. But I just, I'm speaking of R&B and Machine Gun Kelly and all that, there's a lot of artists that do owed to other artists. And I was like, people find it insulting that TLC made an album, you know, after the fact that Lisa was gone. I said, Lisa probably would have wanted them to. Not speaking for her because she's not here and present. But... <laughs> I I just I find it funny when people get so up in arms about well the artist doesn't sound right if they don't have so and so like yo like they've done their part in history for music TLC was one of the biggest recording selling girl groups in history right so to me them making music 
after the fact that Lisa's gone, I can guarantee you what left I would have said was, I'm not, she goes, in her documentary on last days of, of left eye, she said, music, you know, and having fame and because that's not my purpose in life. My purpose in life is to be happy. And what you said earlier, you if said, I know who I, if I know who I am as a person, and I'm happy with who I am as a person, then what the hell does it matter if they make music with Snoop Dogg and that their album doesn't have uh, Lisa? Yes, she was an integral part of the group. But, okay, nobody be making comments about in vote switching members two or three times. Nobody be making comments about uh, Salt and Pepper only having, you know, I think it was two, yeah, two members now. And they're like, well, I think their groups less complete. I'm like, no. The only group that I would bitch and complain about if they didn't have all four members would probably be Xscape. Because if Tiny, <laughs> yeah. or they're like, they're like, well, what if you had? I was like, no, because Tiny's the, she's the, the teeter, like the balancing part of the teeter totter and the harmonies and stuff. And they're like, you're just particular about your girl groups. I said, look, if SWV has one of their members gone, then I'm gonna say something, okay? <laughs> if anybody else is like, well, what about Kiss? Um, that's different. Rock and roll, that genre, okay. Kiss has had like three different members. The dude from Journey's phenomenal on vocals. Allow me to share with you something. Like certain people say, well, this person's great. And then you say, really? I listen. Have you ever had that moment, dude, when you're listening in the car with somebody like, this is the best music ever. And you're like, yeah, no, I don't know. And then they listen to their stuff and they act like you pulled a, you know, they, you act like they've, or they act like they, been hit in the gut with a freaking crutch and saying like, oh, why we got to listen to this? Why we got to listen to this bullshit? Oh my God, your music's terrible. Have you ever had that moment happen to you in the car? No, actually. And I'd like to think I'm pretty, pretty grateful for that too. I think, shout out to my friends, man. They are so patient and always so like cool about getting in the car with me because the running bit that I have with my friends whenever they ride in my car is that it's never like, what are we listening to? It's more like, what Machine Gun Kelly song are we going to listen to today? And, like, they never say anything about it. They never say, like, oh, can we listen to something else? Like, shout out to them. Like, they're always so patient with me and my insanity. Because, like, again, just going back to the, the answer of why I feel what I do, like, that that man and his songs just give me, like, so much serotonin. It's, like, instant serotonin. So, for me, it's, like, what mood am I today? Like, do I feel like listening to, like, Hotel Diablo? Do I feel like listening to Bloom? Maybe I'm feeling like the Black Flag mixtape. Like, it's always that for me. And so whenever someone gets in the car with me, they kind of know already that it's a given. But, like, no one ever says anything, like, backwards in that kind of way. So, like, shout out to them. Like, the people in my life I have are really dope that are, like, willing to put up with me and my nonsense. So, like, <laughs> thankfully that has not been a problem for me yet. And I imagine maybe if that came up, I'd be like, cool, you can walk. Just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but for real, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for the people I have in my life and them being as cool as they are with, with the stuff that I do. So for sure. you very lucky, girl, because my music choices are like, okay, what are we listening today? 
I'm like, y'all sound so thrilled that it's my choice of music that's going to be on the car radio today. And uh, my roommate goes, well, if, it, if we haven't even noticed from your playlist exactly what you'd be playing, I said, hey, now, is that a shot at my playlist? Because if you look, I said, well, come on. We know it's one of those days when you're feeling depressed. I'm like, oh, so now we automatically assume that it's going to be Mariah. And they're like, well, that's kind of that's kind of like what we feel. I'm like, I'm not. I said, you know, just for that, I'm gonna torture you, and I'm gonna play the fandom mix on YouTube. They're like, oh, well, that's a little bit better though, because it's not as much as her vocals. Her vocals are kind of like screeching, you know, sounding like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, oh, really? We want to talk about nails on a chalkboard. So. My friend and I got into, uh, we've been, we've known each other since we was kids, you know, and um, I said, uh, let me ask this question then. I said, so when you listen to my stuff and we don't have to listen to a whole slew of nothing but, I don't complain, but a whole album of Mob Deep, a whole entire album of Wu-Tang Clan, they're like, but that's not bad music. I said, no, you put it in loop. On the way on I-95 to Rehoboth Beach, I want to listen to something different, motherfucker. I want to listen to <laughs> I want to listen to Fat Joe. I want to listen to Big Pun, Bust Rhymes. He's like, but I, you know, I said you have it on your playlist, yo. At least I play something different when y'all complain and bitch and moan when y'all are supposedly sleeping in the car when I'm driving. I just find it I find it cool. They should have people that relate and be like, Okay, cool, you know, what what song you wanna to listen to? My roommates, they they're laughing right now. Y'all know what I'm playing with but they're trying to keep their hands over their mouths. Yes, y'all know you I'm not playing, okay? Whatever whatever like, wow, wait a minute, hold on, when did it be because I'll be playing salt and pepper, I'll be playing as yet. They're like, As yet, I'm like, Okay, let me explain. And then I'll be playing some random No Doubt track And they're like, wow, hold on, hold up He's playing something He's playing a whole different female I was like, look here I like Alicia Keys I like Shanice I like a whole bunch of other solo female artists That might surprise you, Leona Lewis And like, well His music selection really don't surprise us at this point I mean, I've ridden in the car with my friend, he's like, but that music puts me to sleep. And not throwing shade here, but yes, Kurt, I do play music that puts you to sleep. Only because I'll wake you up with my other wrestling jams. I don't know. It's funny because we've driven in the car and we have funny uh, memories while driving, not just listening to music. So outside of music, man, I must say that... Um, since we briefly touched on it, we're not. This is not a show where I discuss religion, politics, or historical happenings. But we both talked about the the pandemic and how we touched base and you know did things we didn't normally do. And it's like it makes you think. Like I started writing a an open journal that trans uh, transposed into a novel called um, Cleaning Up Plague and Reflection. And one of the things that I wrote was like this is a time in which like. I remember riots was on TV. I remember all this stuff. And all through that, you know, the one constant was, it was music. What's that? It was like, it was music. Actually, a few things. Music, 
wrestling and drawing were like my things because it's like of all the chaos that's going on, people getting into fights about wearing masks in public. I'm like, you know, one thing that's cool is is pro wrestling because I can shut out the entire world and just watch people get into you know, like their drama and their gimmick and how they get up in the morning and why they get in the ring and, and music. I turned to music because I remember I keep reverting back to my past, but it's like, dude, I remember I lost my aunt in the world trade center. And the one thing I turned to are a few things I turned to again, music, um, wrestling and drawing. And I remember telling my friends this story. It's like, I remember it plain as day. Like, I put my headphones on and just zonked out. And the same thing with the pandemic. People were getting to be really ugly. So I turned to a few things that made me happy. Pro wrestling, drawing, music. And they're like, well, don't you find sports? I'm like, no, dude, because imagine watching football without a crowd. Or, or as a Yankees fan, watching from home, which was torture that we couldn't go to the Bronx. Because that's like, a, it's like, although the Yankees fucking failing right now on a massive fucking level god damn it <laughs> but that's besides the point like we all have our go-to's and one of the things i put in the novel was you know people really say that they changed after the pandemic i think only a select few in my observations man because i i noticed some people like oh that was that was back then i was like that was only two years ago. The person I always, like, I always come across this person that works in uh, this place called uh, Gyro World in Queens. And she's been there for like four or five years. And she's like, oh, man, I was such a different person two years ago. Wait, wait, wait. you were a different person. Are you talking about pandemic? She goes, yeah. Um, she goes, I didn't go out as much. I said, I highly doubt that because I remember New York was like at a, a fucking standstill. Yo, it was torture because like the busiest place in the whole world, one of the busiest places in the whole world at a complete standstill and you can't do nothing. What's the one thing you can turn to as a New Yorker? Mm, baseball, maybe basketball. Fuck no. <laughs> Hockey. Mm, <laughs> that depends, you know, like what, you know, it's like pick your poison of, what thing you're going to choose the most, you know, to turn to at this time of, like, boringness and, like, nothing but chaos and controversy when you turn on the TV, which is why I I read the news, but I'm not like everyone else who gets up in arms about it on social media. And I'm just like, and she goes, well, I, haven't, I haven't been this place in forever. I'm like, you just was at Coney Island a couple weeks ago with your family. I mean, what's the difference? She goes, well, we couldn't go anywhere. Remember, we had curfew. And I said, oh, yeah, curfew about that. They actually had strict curfew in New York about when you could be out, how long you could be out. Stores was closed. I was like, you know, this isn't really a bother for me. Here's why. When you suffer from severe anxiety and a whole bunch of people's walking around, they're like, but you live there. I'm like, we avoid the city like the plague. We don't – you ask any one of us, like when you was in New York, did you do the touristy thing, girl? Did you go to like um, Times Square, M&M World, Hershey World, or yeah, Hershey, Hershey Store, all that? Uh, I mean, 
oh gosh, it's been a hot minute since I've been in like New York City proper. Uh, I was in New York City very briefly when when Machine Gun Kelly was in uh, MSG, but like I was literally there for like 12 hours. Like I literally just like flew in at, in the evening time, went to MSG, and then like flew out of JFK like 6 a.m. like the next morning. So, but I have done like the touristy things before, but that it's been like years since then. But yeah, I I'm trying to make my way out there more often because it's definitely a good time. They're like, I, I told my friends, like, this is at the deli shop. I was like, can you name? Because they, at this one deli shop, they're like, we name a sandwich after someone famous. And I, I pass it along. She's not, her name's not on the marquees just yet. And she may not be Sasha Banks. She may not be Becky Lynch. But if y'all could make a sandwich from when she gets to that level, yo, could you please make the Valentina Loca? And like, what kind of sandwich would you want it to be? I'm like, don't ask me, ask her. The next time she comes up here. <laughs> and yeah, man, little, that'd be great. It's this little deli shop, like, right before you hit uh, King's Highway, which is, like, my substation. <laughs> my roommate's like, don't be giving away all the secrets on the air. I'm like, yo, calm the fuck down, yo. She's not really going to – seriously, yo, you need to calm down. Like, <laughs> so they make um, – Make your name a sandwich. Like they have a sandwich called the Batman, and they have a sandwich called the Iron Man. I'm like, whoever the owner of the shop, yo, can I like get like this any on how you come up with these names? Or like we have Tony Stark, we have Robert Downey Jr. I'm like, what kind of sandwich? Did they come to this shop specifically? Like, yeah. I'm like, then please give my girl a chance to come here when she gets big and then she can make a sandwich. And they're like, okay, sure, but what are we gonna start it out with? I'm not like I said. It, they are, you get to pick the bread, the type of meat you want on the sandwich, type of lettuce, and I'm like that's kind of funky, but I like it. I like the randomness. Yeah, man, that sounds like the bad deal. What's up? For sure, that'll be the new goal. <laughs> and then they're like, "Does she haven't been coming to New York?" I'm like, "Look, she told me when passing that she was going to MSG." And it kind of, like, escaped my eardrums. And I remember as I was, like, trying to, you know, like, get the show on focus, but I was doing a horrible job in the beginning with them. Like, yeah, this ain't working. So I'm going to, like, take take a, a brief moment to, like, recollect and get it right. I'm just wondering, like, have you ever had um, a match that, like, this is going to get back to wrestling just for a moment? Have you ever had a match where you're just like, well, it wasn't the greatest, but we still pulled it off, but I'm still going to feel this in the morning? Have you ever had that thought? Not to be totally negative, Nancy, here, but have you ever had them thoughts where you're like, whew, I'm going to be feeling this in the morning? Oh, are you talking about, like, my first two and a half years of wrestling? Then yes. <laughs> uh, I I feel like I've said this on podcasts before, but I'm, I'm more than happy to, to say it again because I – pride myself not only on being like real and a straight shooter but also being incredibly (laughs) self-aware that I will tell anybody who asks that like my first two and a half years of wrestling were like not good I don't think that I it was a lot of me figuring things out like especially during training I wasn't the most like athletic coordinated graceful person in the entire world so I feel like those first two and a half years were like a very learn-as-I-go process. So during that time, even maybe a little bit after that time, it was more just like, cool, I survived, I didn't, like, mess anything up, uh, at least that bad, (laughs) 
Like, we both survived. We're both able to, like, walk home to our families. Like, that was, like, the gold standard for me at that time. And, of course, that doesn't go to say that, like, I never tried hard. Like, because, believe me, I absolutely respect and I love this business with my entire whole heart. There's never been a time where I ever gave less than 100%, but just athletic-wise, move-wise, wrestling-wise, like, I, I never felt that I was really at the point that I'm at right now. Like, I've always prided myself on being, like, a, a character and having, like, a presence wherever I went. But just the, the wrestling itself, man, it was not it. <laughs> Your girl took took a little bit longer, I feel like, than most to kind of get some things down. But we're here now, and that's what matters. You know, like, I have fallen on my face in front of people more times than I can count. My debut match, they gave me one thing to do, and I completely messed it up by leaps and bounds, and yet they still kept booking me, so, like, shout out to them. <laughs> so just, like, wrestling-wise has been just a wild ride to me and, like, full of ups and downs and me, you know, failing and getting back up, and I think more than anything that's the thing I know about myself is that, like, if I didn't love wrestling as much as I did I don't think that I would have been able to fail as much as I have and still keep at it to this day like there's got to be like a real deep love there for me to keep making a fool out of myself for as long as I have and just to keep going at it and thankfully like I said I'm in a much better place now with like move set and what do I do well and, and executing on that so to answer your question again in another long-winded roundabout way that is absolutely the first half of my career for sure <laughs> you know a lot of people don't know this but they're like what did you do in wrestling why do you it's like let me just tell you and the experiences i've had in wrestling has been more of a i'm burned out fuck this shit and they're like oh you experienced the other half of wrestling i'm like mm-hmm. uh as a re- as a wrestler as a manager and as a well i refereed a lucha match that was entertaining that was actually funny. I didn't know that a low blow was coming and uh, <laughs> in a lucha match. And I'm just like, well, I can kind of communicate with the guys who speak uh, Spanish. But uh, they were, their match was like, why even bother getting on the mat? Just stand up because they're going to get down for one count. If you don't you know, go for the uh, count, you know, they get insulted. So I'm like, boy, am I going to get me a workout today? <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> that, you know, that refereeing experience of getting a low blow when you least expect it, everyone was laughing at me. I'm like, well, at least I still have my health. You know, I, I crack jokes about it. And they're like, what was the what was the burned out part? I'm like, I'm not going to go into detail about that aspect, but um, wrestling can be like a marriage. You know, you love it, you hate it. Probably no promoters by name you know some wrestlers by name you should because it's your profession but they're like well what was your they're like what was your experience I was like again dude i can blab on about that for oh what feels like two years but i would say it's good and bad as a manager um it was a sip of coffee um i got to experience being what an extra felt like being in wwe uh you know, two hundred dollars there, two hundred dollars in St. Louis, two hundred dollars in Kansas City. Like, what made you quit? Is like uh, that actually 
I'm not saying Monster Factory was responsible for that. They kind of made me realize maybe that I shouldn't be on this side of wrestling. I should maybe try commentary or podcasting or, you know, whatever. Because wrestling is very taxing. And, you know, you have to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Like it's, you know, an actual job. And I admire people that, you know, they like, don't have a nine to five. This is all I do. And when we sat there in Otumna and you told me that, I was like, you know what? I respect her 100% because I know she's going to be an advertisement someday when I see her at Barclays, you know, in NXT. Or maybe I might see her at Ring of Honor or on AEW. But I know that Valentina Loca is going to be a household name. When you told me, like, I this is all I do, you know, I don't want to work a nine-to-five. That's not who I am. And I always tell people um, my spiel when people start out in wrestling, like, so what's the first thing we should do? I'm like, just keep training, keep learning, and listen, and actually just uh, be aggressive with wrestling because if you sit not too aggressive, meaning like overly aggressive towards a promoter or what have you, I just tell them, serve your audience as best you can and, you know, just do the best you can. So my question to you is when you come across noobs in wrestling, like new, new people, if they come to you for advice, you know, what are some of the things that you pass on to them advice-wise? Uh, I think the first thing, it, it goes without saying, but I feel like it's so important to note because this was passed down to me from somebody I really respected, uh, a, a veteran from my school who really took me under his wing really early on in my career. And um, it was simple. He just told me, you know, above all else, just be a good person because you can uh, learn how to do like a headlock. You can learn how to do the fanciest moves in the world. You can learn all that. But if you're not a good person, like none of that is going to matter. And so I just really took that to heart. And whenever I tell people who are just starting out, like, you know, just be a good person. Like if you are good to people, people will be good to you, whether that's people you do business with, whether it be fans, whether it be people you're in the ring with, like, I just think that's super important because uh, just using myself as an example, I, for a good bit of time, was not a very good wrestler per se, but I do think that I was still able to get some opportunities in places because uh, not only was I nice, uh, but I was, you know, helpful. I was kind, I was understanding, I was considerate, at least to the best of my ability. I'm not going to, like, toot my horn and, and say that I was perfect all the time. I'm sure there were times when I rubbed people the wrong way, but I've always just tried to keep that in the, in the forefront of my mind. Like, it's okay to not be the best in ring right now, as long as you're obviously still committed to being better. But if you're a good person, like, that's, that's a great place to start. And then obviously, again, getting trained by like a reputable school, you know, is, is important as well. But that, that, that's something that just has stuck with me ever since I started. And it, it really shouldn't go without saying, but I feel again, it's necessary to, to say it, you know, just be, be a good person. That's all. <laughs> I see this is a, like, this is the second person out of, well, there's so many that have that. There's okay. I shouldn't toot my own, own horn either about, Yes, but there's a lot of guests that say the same thing, maybe in a different context or a different way of describing. But be a good person. I'm going to be straight with you. In the world of wrestling, not to be 
giving away all the secrets, that's a very rare find uh, because there's a lot of assholes. There's a lot of petty, backstabbing, two-faced people in the world of professional wrestling. That's everywhere, though, not just wrestling. So I I had a friend of mine ask me, like, what's it like watching wrestling as, as you know, you've been on? I'm like, look, dude, I just try and enjoy the show now. But when I have the hardest thing for me is I cannot watch a full-on wrestling match without going, okay, there's the double down. Okay, there's the comeback. All right. <laughs> In my head, that's what's going through sometimes. I'm like, oh, that was cool. I didn't expect that. You know, sometimes it'll it'll go between – my mindset will go between half fan, half worker. And they're like, is that a hard mindset to break? And yes, I cannot watch wrestling, a full wrestling match as a fan. I just can't. They're like, well, then it takes the enjoyment out of it. I said, eh. Not really. I, I just keep my mouth shut because they are the performers. You guys are the performers, and you put on the show for us. So without you guys, uh, we wouldn't have anything to bitch about on the Internet. We wouldn't have anything to, you know, rant about on air. And I said this nicely. It's rarity in wrestling to have someone as positive and as upbeat, you know, because in wrestling, you hear – more of the negative now like you know ever like you hear the juicy girl gossip type stuff like oh did you hear what so-and-so did and this scandal that scandal and like again i try to stay out of politics i make uh astute observations and i validate you know i try and go with my opinions but i really like your positivity because again that's a rarity in, in wrestling, because you see, you would, uh, I've asked a few of my guests questions, and I, like I said, uh, sometimes it gets mixed reaction on air, and sometimes it's like, okay, cool, let's move on to the next question. I also like the real or relatability, if I'm being honest. Like, um, they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, look, I have a feeling I'm going to have a good, good show with her because I think we're going to relate on a lot of levels. And I think she's, I don't think she's going to go far. I know she's going to go far because she's got that attitude where she knows where she wants to be in life. And if promoters keep booking her, then she must be doing something right. And at the end of the day, that's just the goal. I try to do my best, not only in the ring and out of the ring, but try to do my best for others too because uh, a mentality that I have as well, especially when it comes to like, myself and other people that come from our school, like, when other people succeed, like, I succeed. Like, we all just got to clap for each other because life's too short to be jealous of other people's opportunities because the way I look at it is that, like, if these people, again, using the example of, of people from my school, if, like, these people are able to get those opportunities, what's stopping me from getting those opportunities as well, you know? So there's really nothing that I would benefit from, from not, like, lifting other people up or not being happy for my, when my friends succeed, you know? So I just also think, of again, you know, going back to, to the being a good person thing, like, being a good person isn't just about, like, what you can do for, like, yourself selfishly, but what you can do for other people. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll toot my friend's horns all day. Like, I feel like that's basically what my Twitter has become these days of just me putting people over. But, like, I'm I'm so happy to do it because I'm so happy for all the opportunities that my friends are getting to have. And, you know, wrestling is just cool. We're all here doing our best. 
See, um, speaking of people that are uplifting, I'm pretty sure you've heard the name Brutal Bob Evans. I mentioned him a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Bob, I call him. And he, I, I, I love him to, to the moon and back because matter like he, when he's saying, I will do this seminar on strike. Have you met him? I have met him once. It wasn't at a seminar, actually. I believe uh, it was at a show that I had to do pretty far away, so, like, my drive was pretty lengthy. And he was having a seminar that day, but unfortunately, just with the drive, I wasn't able to make it to the seminar on time. So I got to the venue, like, when they were wrapping up their seminar. But he was, like, totally nice and totally awesome. I really hope to, if he's still doing seminars, to, to be able to do one one day because his energy was also really awesome. I call him Uncle Bob because... He, like, he'll leave posts, like, if I was feeling real down at the point, I think it was, like, a few months ago, and he's like, you know, you know, could be somebody's uplifting uh, something or whatever, he left, a, not a meme, but one of his things, and I left a comment under there, and instead of, like, ignoring it or whatever, it meant the world to me when he was like, I, you know, I feel you, you know, it's like, I, it's like message, you know, like he says stuff like message me privately, you know, and I said, I'm really feeling upset. And what you just did, like really lifted my spirits. And I just want to say, I know you get this a lot because you're a very positive, kind, upbeat person. He goes, just say it, just get out with it. My friend, I said, I was feeling really depressed and you're, you're saying just lifted my spirits, dude. And he, um, Uncle Bob has this like innate ability, like you do, like if you're feeling down, like to make someone smile or, or feel good about themselves. And he's one of those rare spirits that will tell you, like at his seminars, like, I don't want to, I think per verbatim when he did a seminar and I went to it, he, you know, would do not only drill, but tell people like, this is how you push merchandise. What, you know, what audience are you looking to serve? You know, like how well are you serving your audience? It's like being, he goes, it's like being a waiter at a restaurant. You know, you need tips to survive, to make your rent. So how do you please the people at your table? And if they're rude and they're blowing smoke and you're not really paying attention to what you're telling them. But if you're nice and you have good service, they give you a big tip. Same thing in wrestling. If you give a good or bad performance, does that make or break your career? No, because you keep on with it and you keep going, but you change things up a little bit. He goes, yeah, sure. He goes, but um, he goes, biggest thing is, is if you can connect with your audience. And if you can do that, he goes, pretty much a shoo-in. I, I don't know if those were his exact words. I'm just trying to remember how he worded it through my my like cherry picking type ways. I have let me just say this. I have bad ADHD. So if I pay attention, that's a godsend because um he's one of those people, dude, that like him also since you said you've not been out to the East Coast, have you um have you ever thought about traversing out to Monster Factory? Oh, I have actually thought about it. Yes, I have a, a girl who's actually wrestling for them as well. She just graduated from our school, and she's out there at the Monster Factory right now doing stuff. And I believe a gentleman was just out there as well from our school doing stuff for them. So it's definitely 
someplace I would I would definitely love to work with if at all possible because I see that you know they got a great setup, a great group of folks there themselves. So yeah, but with that 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 Bob Evans, the you know the tidbits and the feedback that you're given, I think those are all super valid points. And I don't know if I can follow that, brother. So I think that's a good place to end it off because I think those are all valid points. And like even if you're you're cherry picking, like you said, like it still doesn't make it any less valid. And I think that's something that we can definitely end off on and, you know, leave for the wonderful audience that will listen to this now in the future for prosperity and, you know, years to come. <laughs> Real quick in closing, girl, thank you so much for being on my show. You made this night possible, and it actually made things a lot easier for me as a, as a host. So, like, um, real quick, how can people reach you on your social media handles? You want to give your Twitter, Instagram, and the book of face, the Facebook. So, like, how can people yeah. reach out to you? All right. Awesome. I'm, like, I well, hopefully, you know, hope. Uh, I'm, like, the easiest person to, to find on the Internet because my handles on everything are literally the same. I know there are some, like, weird fake accounts going around for whatever reason because I guess people want to be me, which is weird. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> but, yes, my handle on everything, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, PayPal, Cash App. <laughs> uh, you can find me at S, as in snake, uh, West Spitfire. So S, West Spitfire. No letters, no underscores. No dashes, just one continuous S West Spitfire on everything. So if you get a message from me asking you to like subscribe to an OnlyFans or asking you for money, like it's not me, don't do that. I am just only on those platforms. S West Spitfire on everything. Well, those of y'all who do that, quit doing that, yo. That's disgusting. Y'all need to find your own identity. Be your own selves, okay? Be happy in your own skin. Again, thank you, Valentina Loca, for being on. Russell Radio Network's edition also Beyond the Tracks is about to get it set at home. It might be the last time on uh Blog Talk. I had a lot of, you know, mixed reviews. But anyways, thank you for being on my show, girl. It was a pleasure having you. I hope to have you on as a future actually not future star, soon to be star. You know? So thank you, Valentina Local, for stopping by the madness that is Russell Radio Network. We appreciate you. We love you much. And uh, any shout-outs you want to give before you go on? Yeah, thank you for having me, first and foremost. It was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad that you invited me on because I know we've been trying to do this for a hot minute. So thank you, first and foremost. And, yeah, I uh, just want to, you know, shout-out all the people that support me. I support you. I love you back. I appreciate every single one of y'all that are joining me on this journey. You know, it's been a wild one. So, you know, best is yet to come. Let's keep at it. And, yeah, just love, always. Thanks so much. All right, thanks you folks. That was Valentina Loke. We thank you for having you, and I hope you have a good rest of your evening. You too. All right, folks. That was Valentina Loka joining us at Russell Radio Network, and we was going to get into the nitty gritty of professional wrestling. You know, I just finished uh, watching NXT's Heat Wave, and. By the way, Valentina, love you so much for coming on this show. It made the night go by. Not just quickly, it was fun. I had hella fun, y'all. Anyway, so matches that caught my attention. You know, all the matches from top to bottom on the card. Uh, NXT UK Invasion, maybe? Saw a little bit of Gallus invading, you know, breaking up the Diamond Mine. Which, you know, was inevitable. Roderick Strong 
mean, group, whatever, some internal conflicts. Not just diamond mine with highlight of the night. I don't think so. Um, Carmelo Hayes. Need I say this more about this gentleman? This dude, as the North American champion with Trick Williams as his manager or his, you know, outside body, you know, his plus one, if you will. I mean, this dude can fucking work, and that Gio Danucci, whatever dude, he kind of, he's not like Cesaro, although their whole makeup, you know, gimmick-wise is completely different. Mm, they sound a lot alike. They're from different parts of Europe, and this, uh, his name's Gucci, I believe, whatever, but he can fucking work. I mean, he does the flippy, flippy shit. He did all this stuff to, you know, impress the audience in Florida, whatever. Their match flow was great, and Carmelo Hayes absolutely gets it, man. That wrestler, he's just one of those wrestlers that just makes you think, man, what can we do? What can he not do to perpetuate the role as heel, right? He's so over. You hear that a lot. Well, he so-and-so's over. Look, Carmelo Hayes, there's a reason why they ain't taking that strap off him for a while. Not until a certain someone comes back. I don't know. I've heard, you know, about Gargano coming back. I've heard rumor roundups about Bray Wyatt coming back. Not to NXT, but NXT overall, the believability is getting there. Um, it's improved leaps and bounds uh, from the prior regime that was uh, at the helm. So, you know what? I saw, let's see, the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. They didn't defend, but I, I saw that uh, the main event was the women's match. And it was Mandy Rose versus Zoe Stark. You got to have a build like that, and they did a perfect fucking job of doing that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you, Vince, for having scandal. I'm not trying to revel in somebody's misfortunes, but you know what? Ever since Triple H has taken over Reigns, I don't think he's, like, been overbearing or, you know, I don't want to show up to work because it feels like we're walking on an eggshells kind of environment. I am not there, so I wouldn't know how the working environment feels for WWE, but... If one example of improvement is the NXT, Raw, and SmackDown, do you realize that there was 2,431,732 people that watched SmackDown last Friday? That's a lot of fuckers watching a professional wrestling show because, well, gee, so-and-so took over the show. We must watch their programming. Not to switch from subject to subject, but you know what? Like I said earlier, I have ADHD, so that's their apparent. That's neither here nor there. But on point, if somebody takes over that others are familiar and have a liking to, that'll motivate them to get their asses, happy little asses to work, instead of, oh, I guess I'll show up today. I don't know if it's worth it. It is fucking worth it when you have somebody literally saying, Seeing the results, like Karrion Cross's return, talks about Bray Wyatt returning. I don't know about Sasha and Naomi, like she said earlier, it's none of my business, I stay in my lane. I don't know about me staying in my own lane when it comes to certain things, like not wrestling, but anyways, 
I digress. The overall attitude and feel of uh, NXT Heat Wave, if you're asking me, it's Wrestle underscore Radio. It's at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter, on Look of Face, Facebook. It's Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can call on the show. I'd be glad to listen to you, okay? It's 213-943-3422. Call in toll-free. If charged anything, it'd be a buck fifty. I don't know how much money I'd make. Probably like not even half a quarter. Anyways, the point is the overall feel, the attitude change. People are like, I wonder if Hunter's really in control. I'm like, this is just a hypothetical. But the way that I and others may observe Hunter is this. What do you guys think needs to improve? What do you think needs improving upon? He's not going to tamper too much with the talent because, in my opinion, a good promoter knows what works and what doesn't. And things that need to be fixed not need to be publicized on Instagram, Twitter, or any social media handle. The overall feel and difference between them and AEW, again, I'm not in Tony Khan's locker room. I am not in their creative meeting. There's a veritable fucking difference between both sides. One has 122 workers. The other has, okay, but with that limited amount, they're going to get an infinite influx of former talent that might be coming back that might actually fucking want to work for him. So what I'm getting at is I'm going to read my little disclaimer here, and, yeah, I'm not going to play his music anymore because I once upon a time fell in love with you know, empathically feeling like I was obligated to be like, why? I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> the following content presented on this pro wrestling podcast, Wrestle Radio Network slash Beyond the Tracks, profile belongs to the owner, Brian Rails. You do not have permission to use, copy, reproduce the content from all episodes recorded and shared on social media. All content is all content is protected by U.S. and international copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without permission from the owner is strictly prohibited, and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. So, without further ado, folks, I'm gonna say this, and I said this before: the overall feel of NXT's Heat Wave and SmackDown and Raw the last few weeks. Actually, it's the Heat Wave with tonight. But the overall feel of WWE programming as a whole, as, as a whole unit, let me just explain. It feels great. Because now I'm kicking myself if I don't actually sit down and watch the entire episode of Raw. Or if I don't sit down... And watch the entire episode of NXT. I mean, you can catch it on Peacock. It's only $5 for a subscription, folks, every month. It's just cheaper than it was, you know, for the net. The point is, I'm getting the vibe that wrestling now has gotten great again. Why? Because when someone leaves and someone comes in and just basically fixes it within a week and a half to almost three weeks, well, hell, they must be doing their fucking job, brother, because... The morale is up. People are starting to pay attention on social media more. People are clamoring to watch the programming. I mean, 
we've had matches that are not overdone. Like the Usos, for example, versus the New Day, when the New Day is actually 100% healthy and not injury-ridden. We had AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley against one another for the first time. For the first time. We had an organic shoot moment between Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens, and the shit was not written. It wasn't. I'm sure that some of it was, you know, written down in some way, shape, or form. But you know what? When you have things like that going on and you're coming that are a positive outlook, right? People are going to recall all that shit. Because at one, at what point... If I remember correctly, at one point, I should say, I was literally turning on the two going, well, I guess I'll watch wrestling and write down the notes and, and hope to God it's a damn good show. I was saying some of that, it's, you know, for AEW. It's a show we're watching some of their programming. They have the talent. They haven't changed in years. That's not a good thing. You lost one of your major stars that was being booed out the fucking door, Cody Rhodes. Now, you know, you missed out on snatching Bray Wyatt up, which where would you put Wyndham Rotunda? Second of, or third of all, not to completely go with bash AEW, but they're like, well, Jade Cargill is better than Bianca Belair. I would love to see those two go at it. I would also like to point out that there's so much... There's so many freaking people working AEW. It's like, um, I, I want to know at what point, you know, also, there's about to be a fifth show that Tony Khan is supposedly going to be running. It's a women's wrestling show. There's Ring of Honor. There's New Japan. There's Rampage, Dynamite. That's four shows. When you try and take on too much, are the fans going to be able to keep up with it? The super fans, sure. You guys are amazingly freaks of nature watching anything and everything professional wrestling. It's awesome. But at what point in my – this is what I'm trying to make the point. At what point will Tony Khan begin to feel like he's running himself ragged with all these shows, whereas WWE – has one, two, three, three shows, four if you count NXT UK, even though their numbers are severely, severely, severely depleted on roster and they don't have their big names like Rhea Ripley or Dakota Kai or so on and so forth. Now they're coming to states like the wrestle. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'll tell you what, it's a good thing. It gives a... NXT a bit of flavor when they can add more people to the fucking roster. Point is, the overall feel of wrestling is changing. And for me, for others, like my friend Linda, she tells, or I call her last night, and we were just discussing pro wrestling, how much it had changed. You know, for the first time, folks, I actually went to WWE shop and looked at the merchandise I haven't done, well, maybe that's a lie. There have been a few times where I'm like, I want this shirt. I'm going to get that shirt. Not 
huh, I wonder what new shirts uh, Triple H has, or I wonder what shirts uh, Alexa Bliss has. The intrigue, the interest in buying stuff from the fucking shop? Wow, I mean, the numbers and that are going up. The numbers and viewership are going up, and people are like, oh, just give it a minute. He'll fuck it up. That's so damn petty, and also showed him wrong on so many fucking levels. When and where would you think that Triple H is not going to go balls to the wall? This is the company that is a part, has been a part of his life for the last 30 plus years. I'm wondering at what point is there going to be like a revolving door like there was with WCW and WWE? The only difference is Social media can get to the sources quicker, like a Dave Meltzer or PWI Insider. The list goes on about professional wrestling resources for gossip, right? So, is it going to be like a revolving door where they have like Brett the Hitman Hart, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho coming in and out, and both guys, the guys who switched to WCW, I'm sorry. It really didn't prove fruitful at all. I mean, the demise of WCW was when Vince actually bought the company out. So then there was no competition. When they had that invasion angle, that was the death of WCW and ECW. What I'm getting at is, folks, it's good to have competition. It's great to have a lot of people invested in professional wrestling. What's really bad is the fanboy wars, man. That go on and on and on and on. And they're like, have you been a part of one? No, I don't intend to. Because I saw nothing but black and gold and white AEW shirts at the Revolver show. And it was amazing. And why? Well, I'll give you a hint. Moxley was there. Ruby Soho was there. The card was absolutely stacked to the best of its ability, man. It was great. I'm getting off point here, but I guess I could tell you, if you like this show, please download it, share it, and repeat that process. Please. Need all the exposure I can fucking get. Sorry not to do my horn. But anyways, I'm going to go here and leave you with, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails or Valentina Loca had something to say, or has, you know, had to say tonight, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Toodles, bitches, I got to get my beauty rest. It's my day off tomorrow from work. Thank God. That's all I'm going to say. Thank God. This is a much-needed two days off. I will traverse into, into listening and critiquing this own show, but, you know, I had a blast tonight. Thank you, Catalina Loka. You are amazing. For real, I got to go. Are you <laughs> You playing with me, right? All right.
in life, he just wants to be heard Whether it's the beat of the mic, he feels so unlike everybody else alone In spite of the fact that some people still think that they know him But fuck him, he knows the code It's not about the salary, it's all about reality And making some noise, making a story Making sure his click stays up That means when he puts it down, talks picking it up Let's go the hell is he anyway? He never really talks much Never concerned with status, but still even in starstruck Humble through opportunities, given despite the fact that many misjudge because he makes a living from writing rats Put it together himself, got a picture connect Never asking for someone's help, but it gives some respect He's only focused on what he wrote, his will is beyond reach And now it all unfolds, the skill of an artist This is 20% skill, 80% fear, be 100% clear Cause Ryu was ill, who would have thought he'd be the one that set the West in flames And I heard him wreck it with the crystal method, name of the game Came back, dropped mega death, took him to church I like bleach, man, Ryu had this Stupidest verse, this dude is the truth Now everybody giving them guest spots His stocks through the roof, I heard you fuck them with death guys 10% luck, 20% skill 